Are we live? Cool. Welcome back. Uh, we had to stop the, the original start because we had a few technical difficulties. So this is Kingdom Conversations, and the conversation has already begun. So just dive on in or just come on and be a part of what we're doing right now, and we'll bring you guys up to speed in just a few minutes, okay? Um, so what I'm saying is that frustration with another individual over something that is not happening in their life that you personally think should be happening. I think you should be able to accelerate this thing. I think that you should be able to break through this immediately. It's my opinion, my uh, unprofessional opinion, or even my, you should be able, and we start setting the timeline for other people and what we feel that they need to do and achieve. We're not talking about the developmental chart that you have uh, from the time that a child is born and what things they should be able to do by this level, by this age and that age, which is motor skills, and abilities that is not what we're talking about we're talking about adults that are very functional that are living lives that we do not know every thought and every moment and every experience and even if we have experienced the same thing we don't live in their particular house and so I found myself constantly getting into this thing of judging criticizing fault-finding getting mad at wanting to hit uh, wanting to yell or mistreat or do whatever it is other people who weren't living the way I guess I thought that they should or even let me let me let me take it even into another vein I prayed for you why the heck aren't you manifesting you know I know I put my faith out there I know that I did this and so I I I I I but I am not uh, God and he's not getting upset over it, okay? So I learned to forgive before I get out of the bed. I forgive those that will do, this is Matthew 6, the prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It is never the will of God for me to be in judgment against others. It is never the will of God for me to walk in unforgiveness. It is never the will of God for me to be critical and criticize and backbite and find fault find or find fault with other people. So when I say your kingdom come, your will be done, that means I've got to step out of every behavior that pertains to uh, a, uh, a bringing to life of a satanic action. Are you with me? In earth, as in heaven, my behavior in earth should model that which is in heaven. My, the picture of who I am should model that which is in heaven, but we are so used to living earth-bound that that ne does not necessarily happen. Uh, is, is that making sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is why I, I had to do that. Now, for those of you that have just joined us, we had technical difficulties, and it wasn't okay. So we cut the start, and because, you know, I am such a generous person, um, and I never, I, I'm just as easy to get along with as you would ever want to find in your life, honey. And I'm, be, I'm just always calm and cool and collected. Sure. Um, but things didn't go the way you want them to go when you're doing a production. And therefore, I had, we laughed here because we had to cut so that we could fix what we needed to fix and then move forward again. And so I was saying while we were on that break, for those people that are listening to us on the phone heard it, I said, 
you know, I can't even be mad because I had to forgive everybody <laughs> this morning before I got out of the bed. And I'm finding that you have to laugh at that. And it makes it so much easier to walk in a place of forgiveness and a lightheartedness instead of being very heavy duty in your, uh, your behavior. Now, my particular temperament is one that is, can be very legalistic, can be very exacting. And man, I mean, I can tell you of old relationships where they would tell me, I just can't live up to your standards. And I would sit there and think to myself and sometimes say, I don't have any standards for you. So I don't know what you mean, you can't live up to my standards. And then I finally figured it out. Ah, what it is, is that part of me that wants to partner with somebody who has set a standard and told me this is the level that I'm on. And I, being a former Troop 147 Girl Scout, will hold you to it. You know, I actually said that in my marriage vows when I, when, when I married somebody years and years ago, my daughter's father. And they had it recorded, and I think this is so true of my temperament, though I never thought about it until just now. Because he made all these little promises to me, and I giggled. And because I was listening to everything he said and I started to laugh and so everybody's laughing with me like I've never seen a bride laugh in the vows maybe they have and I said I received what you said and I'm going to hold you to it <laughs> and he said he was going to be a certain way he said he was, you were there huh? he said he was going to be this way he said he would do these things he said this was the standard of life that we were going to do and I said, I agree, I receive what you say, and I will hold you to that. That's my temperament right there. That's hilarious to me, because I never, it's been a lot of years since all of that went down. But nevertheless, that is really what happened. You said it, I will hold you to it. You blew it, you didn't want to do that, and you didn't want to be around me anymore either. <laughs> so he's no longer held to those standards. But that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. God says no. I don't want you to hold them to, to those standards. I want you to hold, I want you, meaning whoever we are, to hold fast to my standards. And I want you to live your life according to what I say. I don't want you to expect everybody else to live life according to what you think they should do. So it is very necessary for me to walk in forgiveness. You with me? Okay, so that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. So we caught y'all up to date. Um, um, you know, if you're watching us and all that. Yeah, it is very real. Uh, before we move uh, any further, though, we're, we're going to do something else. And um, we, we will do something else as well, okay? And I'm going to ask you to please turn that AC off because it's getting cold in here for me. Um, where I live, it's a lot hotter. All right. Okay, so. One of the things that happened before we went live, and we, are, we do, I believe, have a conversation that we want to look at in the scriptures tonight. But one of the things that happened before we went live is that one of our, our uh, folks here uh, in the audience, in, in the congregation, had uh, experienced a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I'll wind it back just a little bit to let you know. A few weeks ago, we had something amazing happen in here, in this place, after we went off of Facebook and we continued on with the rest of the, the finishing up of the service here uh, at the premises. There were some moments of simply laying hands on people and not really saying anything, just letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he wanted to minister. And so we became the vessels, the conduits 
for that. And you heard, if you watched this last week, you heard one of the testimonies um, from one of our ministers who, who had hands laid on him and he had had that experience with, with what they called a stroke, with the hospital and people called a stroke and people kept telling him he had a stroke and he had to keep telling them he didn't, but it, 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 there were still symptoms from that, I think from the medication, I'm not qualified to say that, but it seemed that way. And uh, so what happened is that hands were laid on him and he started feeling an electrical, I'm, I'm saying it this way, an electrical current or, or, or a release of, of the frequency of heaven to reset his brain. And actually what was happening, what I believe the Spirit of the Lord was saying is it's a new one altogether. And so it's new cells. And now he's in that restructuring and, and learning how to do things. But the difference was seen immediately. Yeah. And as he said, even in, even in terms of him going to work and things where the productivity had been very low and they do have to do reasonable, what they call reasonable accommodation. But what they're finding and what they will find out by the time this whole thing is settled is that he is excelling beyond any performance level that they've ever seen. Yeah. That's where God um, brings you because when God heals, it's a done deal. Now we had another person here that um, was feeling so good that they went out walking and probably just uh, overdid it a little bit. But the lying demon who was trying to get back with her, like a toothless ex-boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend, whatever, um, trying to get back with her. And, and it was like, because you know you need me. You know you're really sick. You know that this is what's going on. You know that this is really what the story is, which is all a lie. And oh, you know, this is something many of you may have heard. You lost your healing. You lost it where? Where did you lose it? Did you lose it like keys? Did you lose it like, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't find my keys. I don't know where they are. No, you lost nothing. <clears throat> what they're trying to do is convince you to give up what you have. Because God doesn't, I, are you serious? God gives us gifts that are so great, but they are so fragile that at the first moment of opposition, you lose what God gave you? Seriously? No, it doesn't work that way. But because of the way we have been trained to think in according to an, a, a world, when we say the world, we're not talking about the planet, we're talking about a system of thinking. We're talking about mindsets that are, have been put into place that um, we are so used to going with, I, some people call it the status quo, uh, going along with the flow of things, going along with this or with that, that you have to awaken to righteousness. You see, awakening is a constant state of being alive to what God is saying and being aware that you can affect your life and the lives of others with a greater power than anything that is generated by pure human will. Because it is awakening to righteousness is the strength of God. It's the power that no man can gainsay or resist no matter how hard we try. And whether you be born from above or not, most of us have pushed against it at some level trying to get God to conform to what we wanted him to do. You don't have to be unsaved not to, uh, to, to have done that. I, most of the people I've known over time as, a, as time has progressed, I've known more people in the body of Christ. And I tell you, I've seen some flakes, some fruits, some nuts, some, some crazies. I've heard some squirrel bait kind of thinking. I mean, I have, I've heard uh, beliefs that come from religion. 
that come from what is religion. Religion is an, an, an adherence to the forms or to the, the, the rules and the regulations of a particular grouping that they tell you that this is God, this is what he's like, and this is these are the rules we have in order for you to stick and be a part of this. And they'll tell you things that are based on how they see. They'll tell you things based on how they think, whether strict, very strict or very loose. Either way, it's religion, and religion is not always this uptight thing. Sometimes it's so loose, there's no, there's no, there is nothing that gels for you. Okay. Oh, we've got so much liberty, we can go out and live like, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. We can just be scampy and trampy if we want to. Okay. We can just go out there and do whatever because grace causes <coughs> us to be forgiven for everything. That's a lie. It's a straight up lie. Or you know what? If you even, if you so much as even glance at this, and if you even so much as do, you're going straight to hell. You're just gonna die and go to hell. That's also a lie. All right. Anything that people tell you that is in accordance with how they think things should be done does not mean that they speak for God. They speak according to their experience or their desire to control or their desire not to control or their lack of love for you. It's always that because religion never, ever, even they, oh, we love everybody, it's just a free love. No, you don't. Because if you can tell somebody you can just do whatever you want and God is okay with it, you don't care about their eternity. And if you're watching, yeah, I definitely said it, okay? And we got more, there's more, okay? So do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine any parent Telling their children, though parents have done this, oh, whatever you want to do. You want to go out with your friends? Go. You want to drink? Drink. Drink up. I don't care. You want to smoke all the stuff, do illegal substances? Not a problem. You can do it at home anytime. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to do anything. People go, oh, what a great life. What What do you mean, what a great life? Because you're a, you're a grown-up, do-nothing, know-nothing individual? Yeah, but I loved you so much, I didn't, wanna, I didn't want you to dislike me. I didn't want you to think that I was mean because I required you to do your homework. I didn't want you to think that I, that I, that I didn't, you know, I, I just wanted to be cool with you. I want to be a fist bumping, air pumping kind of uh, uh, parent that you think is really cool. Well, you don't need me for that. That's called friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need your parent. We need that parenting. God. And, 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 well, I want my kids to grow up with this understanding. See, you, you're misunderstanding what Psalm 24, 1 means because the Bible tells us very clearly the earth is God's, everything that dwells in it, every person. We all come from. What he means is I'm the owner of this thing, and the way I set things up is actually the way that it goes. Whether you do it or not, the standard for con for, uh, to conform, to be transformed by is at a level much higher than most of us live. And we, we, you know, we can live like salamanders because we don't know that we can fly. We can live at a very low level because we don't know what's available to us. And we fall for the myths. We fall for the, the, the traps that we don't actually have to fall into. You understand what I mean? And what I'm saying uh, in, in Basically, what I'm telling you is that there is a greater life to be lived than many of us do live. Even those of us that think that we're so all together in the church, there is, if it's not the God standard, we go for the gold standard, but how about the God standard? 
And I think that the God, I know that the God standard is greater than the gold standard because the gold came from God too. <laughs> See what I mean? Okay, so is everybody with me? Yeah. All right. Well, what we're going to do, if you put that slide up that, that we have, we're still talking. Um, we're coming from the place of having conversation about the spirit-to-spirit -spirit life. And what we're really moving in theme with is to, is to learn how to live from above instead of living from beneath. That lines up with Deuteronomy 28, if you, you do have your Bibles, I'm sure. So let me just read this. You know how we do. Um, I have all these little notes on this piece of paper, and I haven't touched one of them. But I think we'll get to it. Deuteronomy 28. And let's look at verse uh, 1. It says, Now it will be if you will diligently obey, and in King James it says, Hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I am commanding you today. Then the Lord your God will set you high above all nations, all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you, in my Bible, it says listen. Some of your Bibles, it may say hearken diligently or pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, there's a standard that, that has just been established there, right? What he, he said, what you don't read there is if you listen to the, if you don't listen to God, it doesn't say that. He doesn't start out with, with the negative. And what he starts out with is, if you choose, because that's what it says, if you choose to obey this command, because the, the right to obey is never taken from you. You're never forced to serve God. You're never forced to serve God. But what happens if you choose to serve him, choose to belong to him, is that a pathway is open to you and all of the treasures, the knowledge, the wisdom, the opportunity to grow, to improve, to excel, to soar, all of that is open to you based upon your choice. Many of us have played video games or watched movies or TV shows or whatever, well, or, or you even read poetry, there's two paths. There's a path that goes this way and there's a path that goes this way. And whichever path you take, there are going to be obstacles, there are going to be treasures, there are gonna be different things that take place because of what you choose. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You can play, when, when I was growing up, and it's still around on occasion, there's, there was a game called the game of life. And you either got to choose to go the college route or you got to go straight to work. And it was very interesting because, you know, from up front, it's like, oh, I want the money. And so you chose the person, you're playing the game, I'm choosing, I've skipped college, I'm going here. And they found that the game was harder to play. Because there were certain things that would call for an education that they didn't have. <laughs> things that you could have learned. You know, there are a lot of people when we when we when we've helped individuals and you've helped people do a life reentry, uh, you'd be surprised the number of people that don't know how to balance a checkbook. You'd be surprised the number of people that don't know how to live on a create or live within a budget. It's just pay as you go. And as you get paid. <laughs> Right? And if I don't have your money today, that's all right. I get paid in two weeks, so you can wait. It's like, what? Well, that's called irresponsibility. Well, it's not my, I mean, I cannot believe they kicked me out of this place just because I didn't pay them. 
okay? Or children that return home and get have, have the nerve to get upset with their parents. What do you mean you're charging me rent? Well, you don't actually live here. I'm your child. I'm entitled. Okay. Not anywhere I see it. <laughs> you know, remember, this is the same child that told you, I'm grown. It's like you are, so grow up outside my door. Not in here. You're never, you're grown, which means if you, if you were what we call grown, then that means you're responsible. And I shouldn't have to tell you. What you should be doing is coming back. I don't know who I'm meddling with, but here you go. Okay, because I'm not even talking to any people in here, so he's somebody. somebody out there. If you're truly an adult, you shouldn't be waiting for mom or dad or cousin or sister or whoever it is to tell you that you need to pay rent. You should be uh, responsible enough to sit down with them and say, I plan to be here for X amount of period of time. How much should I be contributing to the household? Because you will be using their water unless you plan on going outside and down the street to shower someplace else and use somebody else's water hose. You will be using their, their utilities. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to eat my own food. Well, do you plan on bringing a refrigerator with you? Because if you are, you're still using their electricity. Oh, no, I'm going to put that. Well, you're taking up real estate in their refrigerator <coughs> and their freezer. You understand whatever it is that you're doing. And I'm not telling you that you wouldn't be welcome wherever you are. But the responsible one starts sowing seeds into their own life to be able to have a door open to them to go into the next phase of growth and not uh, diminish the grace that was extended to you by whoever opened their door to you. So that's for you, whoever you are. Now back to our other conversation. Okay? <laughs> um, living from the spirit means that I can see things ahead of the actual occurrence and can begin to speak the kingdom words that will actually allow me to bypass many of the struggles that other people go through because I choose to learn from God and to hear. Here he said, if you will listen, these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. That means that you will have an eye to see what is going to turn into something great and you'll have an eye to see what you need to turn down. Every opportunity is not golden. Okay? You, you hear what I'm saying? Every person that comes to you looking all shiny and bright is not for you. Some of them look at you, they say, they just always seem so eager to see me. Yeah, I know, because you represent... <laughs> you look like bait, <laughs> frankly, to them. You know, you're dealing with a predatory spirit. They're just like, ooh, it's feeding time again. Okay? And they're very good at it, but you can be good at I mean, it's okay if they're good at what they do, as long as we excel at what we're privileged to excel at. You see, uh, a whatever is a whatever is a whatever, but if you and I act as sons and daughters of God, as the children of God, we will see the things in the spirit, and, and it really isn't going to be coming to my parlor to the spider to the fly with them looking at you. But instead, what it is, is just like Jesus saw Judas, I know what you are. I know what you're all about. That doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with the fact that I'm giving you the opportunity to be something else. But he saw him. And the scripture also tells you Jesus did not get fooled by all the kiss-ups and all of the little false things. It said because he knew men. He knew what they were like. And so he wasn't 
he wasn't drawn in. He wasn't insecure and having a need for these people to like him. And when you do need, I do like people to like me on whose terms? If you need people to like you on their terms, you will always be subject to their opinion. You get it? And anybody that comes toward you and wants you to like them, um, you know, your standards to extend out, this is why I like you, they're trying to become, you you, don't ever sign up to be somebody else's God. You got it? I'm not here for you to ever worship me. You get it? We're not here. Oh, I got a lot of followers. Followers. You mean like on this, these uh, social media followers? I got followers. And what do you do with said followers? Where are you leading them? Where are y'all going? Right? You're not following me. Not in that sense, you know, I am not going to take the responsibility for you. You take the, you keep the responsibility for you. And you talk to one that, that wants the responsibility for you, which is God himself. Mm-hmm. Satan doesn't want the responsibility, he wants the control. God wants the opportunity to bless. Satan is like crush, kill, destroy, let me take you down. Okay, you understand? You got, if, you, if we don't know this, though, here again, it says these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you listen to him. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Your offspring will be blessed, and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your livestock and the increase of your herd and the flocks of your sheep, your baskets, your kneading bowl. This is your businesses, your enterprises, your relationships. Everything will be blessed. That's not bad. That's a pretty good bargain right there, I think. And all he asked for so far is listen. Okay, <laughs> just do what I told you to do. Well, I don't think it's right that somebody else should have control to tell me what to do. Let me ask you a question, and this is just a simple thought. Have you ever needed somebody to tell you what to do? Anybody ever have to fill out paperwork? <laughs> at an institution, at a, at a, at a county building, or any kind of, you had to fill, you bought a house, you had to fill out paperwork. You rented a house, you had to fill out paperwork, you bought a car. My goodness, how much paper do y'all need? Anyone, ever? Okay. Did you need help with that? Did you, if you had someone for you, if you've ever had to go to court and you hired an attorney and they tell you this is what I suggest that you do because I know what this judge is like. Don't come to court with your little holy jeans and your and your, your uh, uh, heavy metal t-shirt and, and give out signs of, uh, of all this, don't, don't do that. Come in in a suit, cut your hair do, or, or uh, clean up your act, wear moderate makeup, do this, do that, the other, do they tell you that or not? Well, I don't want to do that because I don't think that they need to be telling y'all to control me. Well, you're going to jail or you're going to lose the case. Whatever it happens to be, it's like, fine, pay me. I'm your attorney. Pay me because you're going to pay me anyway. You don't want to do what I tell you to do? That's okay. You don't have to do what I tell you to do. God says you don't have to do what I tell you to do, but understand that what my instructions were to lead you in the path where the things that were promised will come. They will come because what you do is storing up that opportunity. It, it, it just opens up. You're on the right path. 
Now, you don't want to do that. You say, I'm, I, I just think it's too legalistic. And I tell you what, I'm a free spirit. And I just do what I want to do. It's like, well, okay. You do that. But when the stuff doesn't come, mm-hmm. or when the cost to get it is greater, because you start trading with folks that say, yeah, well, yeah, you can do this. And then I just need you to do this for me. You have just given away your freedom. And you've also given away what you call, oh, I have the right to do what I want to do. You just gave your rights up. Because you put yourself in a position where you are obligated by somebody else's rules that is not listening to God. And therefore, it's going to be a tough road. Are you, are you with me? Okay. So here, God is saying, these are the, the, you choose this path. You choose this door. You choose to walk with me. These are the things that will come. You'll be blessed. 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 That's what it says in every verse. And in verse 7, you got enemies because they don't like the fact that you're blessed. And they're looking at you with the stink eye. And they don't appreciate the fact that you got two cars. Why you got two cars? Why you got a house? Why you got to have that many bedrooms in your house? Why you got so many closets filled with clothes? Why you got this? Why you got that? See, they're so concerned about what you have. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why. But there it is. There, but God says that the Lord will, will cause your enemies to rise up against you. I just don't think she needs to have it. I just don't think this is right. I just don't think this. All these opinions, they will be defeated before you. Now, if you don't want to obey because you want to be blessed, maybe it would be good to be, because some of y'all got some enemies. Y'all got some folk that are just waiting. I mean, they're waiting like hungry cats in Israel at the side of that restaurant where the fish bones are being thrown. <laughs> Some of y'all know, St. Peter's Fish, Woo. there's a lot of cats. That restaurant is like, why are there so, every cat in Israel seems to have gathered at this one restaurant. And we found out it was because of this one dish. They called it St. Peter's Fish. And when they brought it out, the fish was looking at you. And most of the Americans on the trip I was going, I didn't order that. Or, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It was hilarious, really, because it's like watching the people's faces. And then it's like, oh, that's why the cats are here. <laughs> the cats are like, this is the best dining Mabel in all of Israel. I tell you what, some of them like it raw, but if you want it cooked, I know where we can go. That's what the cats were saying. <laughs> they cook it really well. They cook it to your taste. And these people are chopping heads, fish up, and throwing it over the side. They don't even want it on their plate. They don't want to look at it. They don't even want to see I don't like eating something that's looking at me. Okay? All right. So here it is. (laughs) It still cracks me up. Okay. He will cause those enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but they will flee before you seven ways. That means that they will flee like roaches when the lights come out. Okay? Everything is just going to scatter. It is no longer going to be. They they won't be able to withstand or stand because light is going to shine on the ways, on your ways. And it's going to cause these things to happen. God is saying, this is the conversation I've been wanting to have with you. I want to show you that obedience really does bring blessing. And obedience, as our apostle has taught us, is walking with God and going where he wants to take you. Now, if you can define it that way, instead of thinking of it in terms of whether or not you're being good or bad, I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good. You notice you have to say that all day? Because you're not, you know? 
At least maybe I'm thinking of some of the children I grew up with when we were growing up and they were children. I'll be good. Constantly came out after you're looking at. What, what, but when did it happen? When you came and you found that all of the, the cans of condensed milk were partially open or when when the cupcake uh, things were scattered on the floor and they, they were, or donuts were half eaten out of a bu and they were busted, caught. And then what? We look up with the crumbs on our face or the spillage or the whatever the signs of our, our misbehavior. Mm -hmm. I'll be good. Yeah. I'll be good. Yeah. Or I broke this. I broke your, oh, sorry. I'll be good. Yeah. Right. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good. But it was after you had done something and God is saying, God says, just walk with me. Yeah. Just walk with me. <laughs> just walk with me. Okay? I mean, it's like you're talking to a toddler. Come here. Yeah. Come here. Yeah. You, come here. Come here. Look over here. Look look at me. Look at me. Look, come here. Anybody ever had yeah. to do that? Okay. He doesn't want to do that. We're too old for that. We have to grow up. We, excuse me, I have to grow up. Okay? Because I'm going to come over here. We're used to that. Well, if you really wanted me to, you should have told me. <laughs> and um, if you thought, thought that, just think, he's telling you right now. Okay. All right. So all these things will happen. Verse 7, uh, he will cause those things, we'll see. And then here it is. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your barns and in all that you set your hand to do. Look at this. The work of your hands. That's your jobs. That's your promotions. That's you being promoted even while they hate you. Okay, but because you're showing an appreciation, you are limitless. Even when they're trying to sabotage you, um, it doesn't matter because God has established you as his people. And, he, and so if you keep his commandments, that's an agreement. He's saying you keep the commandments and walk in the ways that I have for you. Why? Because it's created a path. It's created a path. If you drive... Um, one road, say you're coming from San Jose and you want to drive to Los Angeles, you can go two different ways. You can come from within here and you can get on Highway 101 headed south. And you can drive all the way down south. You know, there's three ways, actually. You can go straight down 101 all the way. It's the longest route. You can go 101 to, what is it, 152 or something and switch over and cross over and then you'll end up on the 5, correct? Everybody, okay? Or you can drive towards you can go up the 680 get on the 580 and drive down the 580 until you and, and keep going on it until it merges with the five so those are three different ways that you can go and i guarantee you they don't look the same that you've got hills that you're going up in one you've got uh farmland and things that you're driving through on another and you've got the winding road past the ocean and and going through dips and swirls if you go the other way it's the longest route because people stop and take pictures and do all this other stuff but what i'm telling you is that whatever way you go you will see and experience what's laid out there you're not going to see the cliffs the mount uh, the mountains and go the curves and see the water if you go the 580 because they're not there. You're not going to see the, all the farmland 
and things of that sort if you go um, if you go the um, the 101 because it's not there you, you 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 will if you pass the 152 and continue on but not if you don't see what I'm saying because every path you take already has on it provisions, the gas stations that you need, the food places that you stop, the rest places, they're already in place. But the same ones are not on every road. There may be the same types of things, but it won't be those. And if your blessing is waiting off the 152, but you decided, I don't want to go to 152, I just want to go this way or I want to go this way, then you go where you go. You'll still get to where you're trying to get, but you're going to get there in a different condition. All right, are you with me? And that's the same thing he's saying. You can follow, you can go the path I've got, or you can go the road you to chose. You go whatever way you want to go. I don't care. It's your, you play the game of life if you want to, or you can live the life I've given you. It's up to you. Up to you. Totally up to you. And no human has the right. God's not going to make you obey him. So we don't have the right. And I speak again, so that it pertains to religion. If you are in any place where they're trying to make you obey, it's not God. It's not God. He's not, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, I am, I am actually an ordained minister. And um, I go through, we go through the, I don't have the right. First of all, I don't have the right to call anybody that's in this house a knucklehead. I don't have the right. I don't even have the desire. And I make sure I forgive everybody in the morning. <laughs> so I don't even I don't even yield to the temptation, okay? Because the temptation will come. All right. Temptation always comes. But here's the thing. I don't have the right to make them come to church. I don't have the right to make them read their Bibles, read your Bibles. I don't have the right to make you believe God. I have the responsibility to say what he says. And, and to encourage and exhort and to do thus and so and to help you in any way that I can. But I'm not responsible for your choices. I'm responsible for giving you the truth. And if anything, I'm wrong, which we know can happen. Um, I've got lots of people that look out for us and text and say, what scripture was that? It's like, I don't know, whatever it is I said. I, did I say it wrong? Yes. Okay, then let's correct it. And then you'll see something on, on the screen that says, oops, I did it again. And let's get it straight because I also am responsible for making sure that what I say comes from his heart and not from my opinion. You got that? And if I tell you it's my opinion, I, I like to do it the way Paul said, I say, not the Lord. So you can take it or you can toss it or you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Okay? So we're all clear on that? Oh, yay. All right, let's keep going. All right. The Lord will, verse 9, he'll establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore, and he will, all people of the earth, I like this verse, verse 10, especially in the social media uh, world we live in today, all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. <laughs> well, maybe this part, I'm not trying to say that, and they shall be afraid of you. That don't mean that they're like, oh, I'm scared of you. No, what they mean is you're walking in a power that has them looking at you from afar, and they don't know until we tell them, hey, the same thing that is available to me is available to you. That's what we as kingdom citizens can do. All right, I want to make this point. So here, verse 12, the Lord will open up to you his good treasure. And it says the heavens there, that right there, 
you or I may think that the great treasure is the silver, the gold, the diamonds, the, the cash, the properties, and so forth. But that's not what the greatest treasure in the kingdom of God is his word. Because with his word, all things are possible. We're going to land on that in just a, a few minutes. That's the greatest treasure of heaven is the word of God. Faith comes through that. Joy comes through that. Wholeness comes through that. Healing comes through that. Everything manifests through the word of his power. Yes, it does. All of the elements of the kingdom come. See? So whatever it is you think, it's like, yes, you, 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 you cannot, you, peace, oh, I want peace and quiet. You can get quiet and not have peace. And you actually won't have quiet either because all that noise in your head is starting to, to, to deal with you. It's like, I just needed, needed to be quiet, but you can't quiet it in your head right. without the peace of God. Amen. Okay. All right. So, um, what, as I was saying earlier, before we started, when that lie came to tell somebody, oh, no, you, you got to earn your healing or you did bad and God, God doesn't want it, what she found is the truth of God, the truth of the word opened up was that the sickness and the, the symptoms went away. Today, before we even started, nobody laid hands. Nobody did that. You know why? Because the word of God was enough. Amen. That's how powerful his word is. And we praise you for that, Father. Yes, we thank Lord. you so much. We really, really do. Okay. And so then he says this. You will give to lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. The Lord will make you, and, and look at how this verse comes right next to it. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will lend to many nations. You're the head, and you shall not borrow. You're not the tail. You're not obligated, okay? You're not the one that's obligated. All right, that's what he's telling you. I will free you from the obligations to others. The things that cause you, the, as it says, that the borrower is subject to the lender. God says, no, you won't be. You won't be the borrower. You will be the lender. That means all your stuff is paid. That means that everything that you, you're walking with him, and you're doing business, and you're negotiating, and you're doing, and you find yourself not beholden to anything or anyone. And that's not a thing of pride. Because what it is is that the walk with God has led you into a lifestyle. See, the lifestyle of abundance and wealth, kingdom wealth, is not about the acquisition of stuff. Anybody broke or sometimes, I'll just put it this way, not as wealthy as you'd like to be, okay, but you still got stuff. Okay, see, we got stuff. I know these folks. We got stuff. All right, we got stuff. You say, how much money you got? Well, I got stuff. Yeah. If I sold all this stuff, which I won't, why? Because as soon as somebody wants it, oh, I was thinking I was going to keep that. Oh, I really only have one of these packs. Oh, no, not this. I really like this. I, how, how long have you had those shoes? 12 years. I have, I have shoes in my garage that I have not worn ever. Or, I, you know, because I, I, I wear shoes only long enough to get from a car into a building. Wow. And then I take them off because they're really cute. Right, and other than when I'm standing, <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, she said, what size? <laughs> Honey, if everybody brought the shoes from the garages and the closets, believe me, we got a whole store, all right? But I have shoes that, that are in that garage that I guarantee you I've had for over 10, 15 years, right? They do have tags on them. Not even gently used, never worn, okay? And... 
somebody say, oh, we can, we can, we can have, well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm planning to wear these then. I'm not sure, but there's an occasion coming up. Anybody ever do that? I've now, let me say this too. I've probably gotten rid of about four big boxes of the things. And okay, but that was a while back. And of course, now, because we live in abundance, I have more than enough because I've got new shoes as well. <laughs> I do. And, and here's, this is, this is true, this is true, this is true because, you know, I'm, I'm packing up and, you know, play, uh, preparing to move and all this kind of stuff. When you start going through your closet and you look at stuff and go, It's like a discovery. Right. It's like a discovery. And as you look, you think, I wonder what happened to this outfit. I wonder what happened. I used to, should I give it away? Is it in? And then you go to your blue bags, you know, that you're packing up because you wash your stuff, your clothes, you put it in the blue bags, and you're going to take it to those places to give away. <laughs> and you look through the blue bag and you see a pattern that you think, I really is that such and such? I think I still want to wear this. And it's funny how many things get back out of the blue bag to get back in the closet. So we have a rule. If you go put it in the closet, then something has to leave the closet and go back in the bag. And isn't it funny that the people I'm talking to understand exactly what I'm saying? I'm not alone. <laughs> okay. My point, we have... But what, no, it's not too much. What the problem is, is that we have yet to get the peace. We've, we've got an, a basic frame of what abundance looks like. But we haven't moved past the poverty to manifest the true wealth and abundance. Why? Because some of our thinking is blocking the blessings mm -hmm. that come on the other side of obedience. When you're in the land of it, the wealth of the place. Are you, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So what we're doing when we're talking about living from, living the spirit to spirit life is being able to see yourself and see those around you and see everything that you have or that comes your way from the spirit point of view. Mm -hmm. And you understand some of what I have is for others. Some of what I have is to live. Some of what I have is excess. Okay? It was the stuff you bought because it was $1.99. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's a clearance. Um, what are you doing with that? I don't know yet, but something's going to come. I'll create an occasion to, to because it was such a bargain. No, what it really was is it was bragging rights. I got it. Look what I got for $1.99 or look what I got for $12.99 or look. These are marked down from such and such to so and so. Great. Now, look around and see who this looks like. Look around and see. Okay, God, thank you. Because the fun was not in the getting. It was actually in the shopping. I like to shop. And I like to give away. And I love giving stuff away that still has tags on it. Because that lets that person know. You know, I, when I bought it, I knew it wasn't for me. But I didn't know who it was for. But now the Lord, I can see you, I see you, and I see this. And God had me buy this for you. And many times I've done that, and somebody's face has just been like lit up going, oh my God, I 
us so much. So let's learn to let go of the parts that we've acquired for somebody else. It's part of the joy of wealth, kingdom wealth. It's a give to others. You never have to be concerned about running out. Scripture says, give and it shall be given. And isn't it funny how that shall be given sounds like a greater degree of generosity than anything that you've done? And I think that when that happens, that there's an increase of my capacity, therefore there's an increase of my ability to be able to give to to others. And that's something that we're going to look into uh, a little later as one of our projects, something that we could, what can we do for others? Because I don't believe in giving them all the torn up, broken down, ugly stuff. Just throw that in the bin. Somebody's recycling and somebody has a use for it, but what they don't, they can't get to it if it's stored in my garage or in the back of the closet or, you know, wherever it is. It's like, air it out. It's springtime. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So you're welcome. All right. Um, Because that's not what I was trying to get to either. All right. He said, but you won't turn aside from any of these words that I'm speaking to you. If you don't turn aside and over and over it says, I'm commanding you. That means what I'm speaking. Um, when I say this, he will, he, this is what you, you'll listen. And you will not be beneath it. You will listen to the words. Because he says commandments, to the words of the Lord, which I am speaking. I'm speaking the words of the Lord to you. And then he says this, to observe them and to do them. Now, that right there is where we're going to launch. To observe them and to do them. What did he say? Listen to the commandments, which I am commanding. So listen to the words. To observe them and to do them. Okay? To observe and to do. All right. Now, I told the folks before we came back live to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So let's go over there now. And let's just take a look at something that he is saying here. Okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, okay, and we're going to look at verse 16, and what he says in verse 16, um, he's talking really about, in, in this, that we have faith, actually I want to go up, okay, yeah, just as you know who did communion with me, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture here, okay, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Let's start with verse 13. He says, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, we have the spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. Because you're going to speak what you believe. And sometimes what you say is not worth hearing, right? It's not worth having been said. And that's why in this ministry, we're not rude when we say, shh shut up in your face. We're not trying to be rude and tell you to shut up. We're telling you quiet until you hear what you're saying. Because sometimes what you're saying is not what you want. But there you go. It's jettisoned off and it's on its way to, to bring some kind of havoc in your life. It's reckless words. It's a side issue, but I don't believe that God's love is reckless. Okay? Uh, the reckless love, no. Because that word brings, talks about destruction. And that's not his word is intentional. His love is intentional. It's deliberate. It's on purpose. All right? But what God is not is reckless. I want to stop for a minute and welcome the people that are watching. And I want to say, hi, Debbie. Thank you for joining us today. 
was really great speaking with you and meeting you on Saturday. And we have a new viewer. Her name is Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Everybody hi, say hi. Debbie. And hi, Diana, as well. She's uh, Di Debbie is Diana, our Diana's friend. So I want to say hi and welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay. All right. So what we're saying, people say things about God that can take your belief about him in a wrong direction. Okay? If he's right, then flavor of your commandments and listen to the caliber of what it is that he's speaking. God really is good. And God really is not legalistic. And God really is not waiting for you to mess up so that he can bring destruction into your life. He's not. I don't care what people tell you. God is not requiring you to live the stringent, joyless life of religion. That's not him. He's not in it anywhere. I don't care if you are in a part of a, some kind of cult where they tell you that, that it is based upon your skin tone. You've got to, you know, because you've been so oppressed, but God is, no, 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 and no. Spirit to spirit. Do you understand? Spirit doesn't have the color of the house that it lives in. It just doesn't. But when you think that way, oh, God is, is, is predisposed to like you only if you have a certain skin tone. God is only, you know, God allows this and God does this. And it's things that man has allowed, that his people have allowed, that he never said. No, and then we use the wrong weapons. We use the weapons, or the weapons of our warfare become our emotions and our feelings and our mm. flesh and our blood to try to fight a battle. We won't win it. What we'll do is stir up dissension and separation and division, and God is not in it. Even when he tells his people, stay away from this certain one, oh, that's because he didn't like their race. 
Their race is called human. Mm. So if you are racist, it must be against humanity, mm. all inclusive. Mm. Human race, human race. Go back to your biology. Don't try to rewrite it. Anyway, Amen. moving on, okay. <laughs> Why is that important? It's important because as long as you live that low level, you're missing the path that you should be on that opens up for you to manifest, to, to the truth of who you were set here to be, to be seen and felt by others. You're missing the opportunity. We shared, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the, uh, the people that we, we admire and some of the work that they do that rescues people out of bondage. Now, you can say certain words and you can, you can use certain words that are buzzwords that people that are listening to bring separation will pounce upon and say, see, that's what I mean. It's things like this, oppression or this or this. And I'm not even going to bother to say them because you can fill in the blanks for yourself. But here's what I want to tell you. Love from God frees people. It does not lock them up. Love from God does not destroy, uh, how do I say that? It causes you to believe on a different level from where you have lived. It raises you up and it raises the standards of your life from that which is all felt into a different place. Are you with me so far? Uh -huh. Let me, I'll go on and say. Okay, so here in this scripture, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Okay, that's what he said. And that uh, is Psalm, I think it's Psalm 116 verse 10, isn't it? I believe therefore I spoke. And he said, I am greatly afflicted. That's Psalm 116, verse 10. So I'm afflicted as I believe I'm afflicted. I'm going to say I'm afflicted, and so I'm afflicted. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I believe it. I'm going to say it, and it's, it's got to be so. But that's how we're used to living. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how much faith you try to use. The truth this is my reality, and you just reinforced it. Mm -hmm. It is your reality. I don't doubt it for a minute. But you know what? <laughs> it wasn't your assignment. Mm -hmm. It's what you allow to be so. You with me? Yeah. Okay. Um, he said, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present with you. For all things for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. He is really talking from a ministerial or fivefold perspective. And that's not where we're going tonight, so I, I'm not getting uh, as, as into that. But that's where that is coming from. And so what he's saying, though, is that, therefore, this is the position. We do not lose heart. That's something I have. That's a standard for my life. We don't lose heart. It's a standard for your life, too, if you will allow it. Why is it a standard for my life? Because I said so. Because I believe it, and so I say it. Mm -hmm. I do not lose heart. How many times have I felt like losing heart every darn day? Mm -hmm. 
That's 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Every day. Every day I saw that. Every day I feel like huh, losing hope. Losing heart. If I look at the natural circumstances. Now, if I lose heart, feel like losing heart, where am I living? I'm living with my emotions and my feelings. When he said, therefore, we, is he saying we're just keeping positive, thinking positive thoughts? No. Because your positive thought will be fine until whoever it is that unpositives you <laughs> walks your path. It's like I was feeling fine until you walked in my radar. I forgot how good I was feeling until I saw this or that, or, or the battery went dead in the car, or, this, or the battery went dead in our sound thing tonight, and this happened, and then I was feeling good until that. So that means that I am circumstantially motivated. That's never living from the spirit. Because from the spirit, you change the circumstances. Y'all with me? Okay. All right. Even though our outward man is perishing, he said, yet the inward is being renewed day by day. Now, oh, well, you know, that, that that's why you can't tell me that, that there's a fountain of youth and so forth. Because, see, you know, we're going to reach a certain age and these are just the things that naturally happen. They naturally happen for you because you have bought into a system that tells you that they naturally happen. And yet, isn't it interesting how you, much money you can spend trying to prevent the thing from happening? Or you can speak what God says and it won't happen because you get ahead of it. See, you can stop your aging. You, I'm not telling you you can. You, you know, the only way you're gonna stop having birthdays or celebrating them is to die, and that's what we're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can definitely, you can definitely become ageless, even as your body gets older. Caleb in the scriptures tells you was in his 80s or whatever age he was, he was a young buck. And he's running and leading the charge to take his land. Joshua, who did all that other fighting, was told, you're old and stricken with years. But you know what? Whether you got the energy of Caleb or you're stricken with years, you're still going to finish your course. Amen. And that's what God told them. So hop along up, hop along, and come on, because you're going to get it done. Because his heart was to finish. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever preached it. <laughs> anyway, you got the point. Okay. <laughs> so be encouraged. No. Okay. All right. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that's momentary. He said it's working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now, what he wasn't telling you is that that is in the by and by. He's saying there's a realm you can tap into, even while you're here. To do what? To bring heaven to earth. Well, this is earth. You can bring heaven here. Point. Point to you. You can bring heaven here. What, what do you think healing is? What is wholeness? What is the kingdom wealth? What is the sound mind? What is joy? You're bringing heaven here. Do you understand? 
Now that's real basic, and I, there's a lot that's more good. to it. But what we're saying is, no, no, no. This is the God is something. Mm -mm. Now, okay, for the things He says, why? Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, eternal. Two classifications, two paths. The things which are seen, temporary. Things which are not seen, eternal. Two realms of thinking. Two realms of thinking. Please tell me that you're getting this. And those of you that you have that little book, uh, you should be reading. So let me just read my notes here. The realm of the unseen is where your thoughts come from. You're walking along and you're thinking something and something random comes to mind and you go, where did that thought come from? Hmm. It came from a place that was hidden, whether it be in you or something that's trying to, to surround you. Thoughts, they're invisible. Your thoughts come from the unseen realm, so they're not visible to the, to the naked or to the natural eye. You can't, I'm thinking something. You're thinking something right now. I cannot look at you and go, um, oh, I see that thought. I see this. I can say you're thinking. I can see your cute little face. And, you know, whatever you're doing. So I know thoughts are running through your mind. But I don't know what those thoughts are. I don't know what those thoughts are. And you don't know what my thoughts are. I know what you're thinking. I can see it on your face. No, you can see my facial expression, but that doesn't mean that you know what I'm thinking. Well, I can feel it. Now, isn't that interesting? It just feels like. And sometimes people have said that, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're right. That is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. They didn't get it from what they saw. It was an invisible thing that starts to bring forth spiritual. I can pick up things. I don't mean right mind reading. Do not think I'm going into woo-woo because I'm not. Mm -hmm. But when the Holy Spirit starts to give us a certain thought and we're listening for him to speak and the revelation comes and we're all suddenly thinking the same thing. And we can look at each other like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. You're praying. One of the ways it happens, you're in a prayer group. And you're interceding for something. You've asked the Lord to give you something, to give you an answer, to open something up. And he starts to do it. And one person says, I get this. And then somebody else says, I get this. And, and, and then the third person gets this. And then you keep praying. And it's like, Holy Spirit, we have these pieces that we're bringing back to you. What does this mean? And suddenly a scripture comes and you're opening it up because it's spirit to spirit. And suddenly somebody goes, oh my God, it's like this. And everybody goes, that's it. What happened? All of the thoughts started to converge to bring about the truth that God wanted to reveal. And everybody's thinking was, I'm in agreement. We're going to pray. We're going to work together. We're going to hear from him. And those thoughts that were unseen all converged into that place in him to say we have the mind of Christ and we want to hear the things that God is saying. Mm -hmm. And it came into the seen realm. You with me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one of the ways that it happens. So thoughts can lead to beliefs which lead to actions. Now we teach from a thing called thereupon which is that people do what they do because they believe what they believe, whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down, people will believe or they'll think a certain way. Uh, so what we have learned, look at Proverbs 23, 7, and I'll just give you a couple of scriptures that are based upon that, because now you still keep in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, and now we're going over to Proverbs 23, I think it is, I hope I wrote this down right. 
in verse 7, where he said, for as he thinks in his heart, he manifests. That's really what it means. As they think in their hearts, that's the truth of them that you'll see. That's the picture that you'll see. Okay? And that's the only part I wanted to see. Not the eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. And that's when you're learning about somebody, a miser, or one that desires, you desiring something from somebody that doesn't even have a heart toward you. Because as they think in their heart, I don't have a heart toward you, so it is so. That's what that, or if you think of, of I'm, I'm prone to generosity, I'm gonna go clean out my closet and see what size shoes or this or that or the other, because I want, I have a desire to give them away. And somebody's asking you, well, how much would you charge me for these? I'm not charging you anything, these are free. <laughs> what? You see, because it's like, I don't have a desire to sell them. I have a desire to give them. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think, and that's how I am. You see the difference? Okay, so here, and also you can go over to Mark chapter 7. I've got about, okay, we've got about 12 minutes, but we'll get to what we need to get. I'll give you enough to provoke you to think. That's good. Okay. Mark 7, verse 23. Um, he said that all these, or verse 6, forgive me. Um, it, it, I'm not going to read it all, but it is verses 6 through 23. He said to them, Jesus said, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And they, in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now this is the spirit of religion we're talking about. This is what Jesus said, you're a bunch of hypocrites, because you actually require people to do things that you don't do. And you require that they do it. You require men to do what God does not require them to do. Are you with me? Okay, so we can go on. And then he said, because you're laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the traditions of men, and then you reject the commandment of God. Now look, Mark 7, 9 is telling you that what Moses, what, um, yeah, I guess it was Moses, what was commanded in Deuteronomy 28, listen to what God says and do what he says, obey the commandment and walk in blessings. But he says here, you reject the commandment of God because tradition is more important to you than blessings. Well, what do you mean by tradition? Let's let's break that word down and use a few other uh, things, okay? You might say that um, tr tradition to you can be your ordinances, your rules, your control, your reputation, the way you look, the way you want people to look, the way you want people to conform so that you will always be in charge. You think of dictators who will threaten with death any that won't follow them the way that they want. You know, you will be blocked, you will be ousted, you will be blacklisted, you will be thrown out, your names will be put uh, spread out and you will, you know, you'll be defiled and condemned and shamed and all these different things. Those are uh, elements of control. Do you see it? Tradition. We're going to keep things. I need, I need to use treacherous means to keep you in alignment because if I allow you to just speak whatever you want you may say something that will end my show or end my rule do you see take the control away like uh, anybody ever live in a house where two kids fought over the remote control 
or fought over a certain chair, as soon as you got out the chair, that's it. Somebody else is moving in it with their little popcorn. You gave, you went to the, I went to the bathroom. It's still my chair Well, you weren't in it. You see what I mean? It's that kind of tug of war. Yeah. When love says no, love edifies, lifts you up and says, let's hear what you have to say. Um, let's see how it lines up with what will get you the victory that you want. Maybe you have the right idea, but you're going in the wrong direction. Maybe you do want to go to LA, but you're not going to get there very quickly driving towards Sacramento and Reno. Okay. You get it? You drive across the state of Nevada and y'all get all the way over to Vegas and then get to LA, but it's a heck of a journey. Okay. So, all right. Um, so he says, you rejecting the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. So that's, that's, that's very relevant. But what you have to ask yourself, you know, I can think of a lot of people that do that, but do you do it? Hmm. And the answer has to be, let me find out where that deepest fear is. Let me find out where that, that I'm holding to the tradition of fear in a certain area because I don't, I don't know what will happen if I let it go. Hmm. I'm not interested in talking about the whole world. We're talking about ourselves. And we're looking at where do I allow it? I'm going through, I'm experiencing some things right now where I'm, I'm in the process of taking a victory. And this first part of it, one of the things that I had to confront, and I was told by an apostle, she says, the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time for you to speak out what has been your greatest fear, your most inward fear. It's like, really? It's like, huh, I gotta think about that, why? Because I hide my fears from myself. If I don't know what the fear is, then I can't say the fear, and then therefore I can't, I don't have to deal with it, right? The problem with that is that then I've created a hiding place for the fear. And it will always control certain thoughts, and it will be the limitations that I place on my life. And it will be the reasons for my defiance, and my bitterness, and my anger, and all these other things. It's going to be rooted and connected to fear somewhere. Why? Because my thoughts will lead to beliefs and I will keep, the fear will keep certain thoughts. There's only usually one thought of something that is so deeply buried, except for if a, if a possibility would come up that would maybe elevate you or bring you out and bring you into destiny. And as soon as you're towards destiny, then this thing is like a self-defense mechanism that's working against you. It's not trying to defend you, it's defending its right to stay in you. You get it? Some of these self-defense mechanisms are not you. They're demonically inspired because those are the things that are designed to try to keep you in at a certain level. You can never elevate. And they're always rooted in a lie. Whether it's skin, gender, financial, education, country of origin, whatever it is. As soon as it has limitation based upon what others do or have not done or whatever the historical blah, 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 it is a lie that rises up to prohibit you from going the way of the commandment of God and will always find a detour to get you to do something self-righteous instead of awakening to righteousness. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Do you know how threatened the devil is when you say things like I say? <laughs> Don't really care. They're just letting you know. Because so I'm revving up my arguments now and I'm revving up my arguments. You keep your arguments. I, I, you can't argue with me. I want you to win. 
Because if we, as we prosper, everybody around us will. We're not trying to acquire anything that just keep it. I had to tell you about my shoes until one person's like, what size shoe? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now listen to this, and then we're going to end here. Faith. Everybody knows Romans 10, 17, that faith and corresponding actions come by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, or faith comes by hearing. That's the way we're used to uh, reading it. But when I looked at this today, and um, I took a look at it in the King James, and I looked at it, uh, let's go to Romans 10. Don't know why you wanted me to do that. Take me to chapter 10, thank you. And let's look at verse 17. He says, so then faith, I'm gonna read it uh, with italics first, and then we're gonna take it away. Romans 10, 17 in the King James Version says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we're always saying that faith comes, faith comes, faith comes. So I decided to have some fun with Greek, and I wrote it down like this. Forgive my pronunciation in advance if you're fluent in Greek. Pistis or pistis et ako de ako de arimathios. Those are the Greek words that are translated. Again, pistis et ako de ako de arimathios. And what it means, it says, so faith, so then faith by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you yeah, okay, yeah, what does that mean? So I'll break it down a little bit more. Um, because I was looking at the fact that facing fear will avert trouble and it can promote healing and health. And we'll, you'll have to look some of those scriptures up for yourself because we're going to run out of time. But what it is, what is seen is changed by what is not seen. See, the thoughts that can lead, thoughts of health, thoughts of, thoughts of, of sickness and disease can be changed by, um, or rather, the appearance of sickness and disease can be changed by the thoughts that you think of what God has said about your healing, about your wholeness. It, those, those thoughts can lead to manifested healing. We saw that tonight. I'm having to go very quick. I got three minutes. So here's the breakdown. So then faith. So faith, persuasion, and conviction of truth. This is pistis et acodea codea rema theos. Here's what it means. So faith, persuasion, and conviction of truth originates out of the sense or organ of hearing the thing heard, oral or spoken instruction. And it says, but and the thing heard through and within the utterance of God, meaning so faith is the persuasion or the conviction of truth originates out of the sense, out of the senses or out of the organ of hearing, out of your inner ear, your spirit ear hearing the truth that was spoken. Faith comes from hearing truth. Faith does not come from, doubt comes from hearing lies. Faith comes from hearing the truth, having everything suddenly fine-tuned or everything tuning into the frequency that hears truth. You tune into the truth frequency. The word of God is that truth frequency. And the choice, the choice is what fine-tunes it. The choice to believe will fine-tune your hearing to cause all of your senses, your spiritual senses, to tune in to hear and expect to hear only the truth and to act upon it because once you hear it, it is established on the inside of you and you will begin to resonate truth. And when you resonate truth, it brings forth manifestation. I know it was a lot. 
But what I'm telling you is that the Bible is saying that faith is like a receiver that starts to work. Da -da 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 -da. And you're hearing, and all of a sudden, you, if you're living spirit to spirit, you suddenly become aware truth is about to come. And so everything in your spirit sets itself up to receive it. He's speaking. Everything else goes quiet because what I'm about to hear is going to change my inside, which will change my body. That's how faith works. It, it causes you to get tuned in, zoned in. It's like, you know, when you're watching certain things and they're like, oh, but wait, folks. And everybody's like, yes, 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 this is going to happen. You've seen the things where he's talking to the woman and then all of a sudden gets on the knee and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. If he says, will you go to the clam bake with me or can we have potato chips? She's not going to be able to handle that because there's no way that this person is tuned in and zoned in. Oh my gosh, she's going to ask me if I want to share a... a uh, you know, a hot dog with him. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is it. This guy is going to actually ask me if I know the way to San Jose. It's going to happen right now. That is not going on. No, everything in her is tuned in. That faith honing in. Oh my gosh, it's about to come. It's about to come. It's about to come. This word that I've been waiting to hear is about to be released to me right now. And so that will you, I love you so much, you're so precious to me, blah, blah, blah. And, all the, and I'm not making fun of it, that lovely stuff is like, some women say yes before the question is asked. <laughs> He's like, can I ask you? Yes, yes, yes! You know, and if he actually does get stupid enough to say, do you know the way to say it? It's not your fault. <laughs> you know, because in that moment, everything, even if you're watching, you're in the restaurant and you're watching, it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is it, this is it, this is going to happen, this is it. You, do you see what's going on? Do you see what's going on? Oh my gosh, this is it, this is it. It's like, you got to say it. Yeah. And it's said, it's like, oh, I knew it, I knew it, this is great, this is it, yes, 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 right? That's what happens to you when you listen spirit to spirit mm. to hear what God has to say. Mm. How do I know? Because you just did. <laughs> That's all we got for tonight, peeps. I didn't get, uh, I didn't really get to my notes, but, but it was fun. It was fun. But this is the conversation we're having right now about the spirit to spirit life. We live to hear what God has to say. Yes. And then we yes. get to live Amen. what God said. Amen. And it makes all the difference for the better, for the betterment of everyone. And somebody might ask, well, how do you know what's better? I don't. I'm telling you that he does. And it's going to be for your good. And I mean in an awesome kind of way. So thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you.
uh, here. So uh, I think that I, that's pretty much done it. I want to say again, Debbie, you have questions, get in touch. And if your name's not Debbie, but you still have questions, get in touch. <laughs> Contact us to the town of love, a global church fellowship. If you have prayer requests, uh, please send them in because we are totally vibing with the Holy Spirit and we're hearing what it is that God, we, all we're doing when we pray and we release it to you tonight is that we're praying that God's pleasure is seen in your life. And that means that God's healing power, God's restoring power, God's uh, grace and his goodness will begin to be seen in your life. And things that have been trying to destroy you will find themselves, those things themselves will be destroyed. And people will be at peace with you that were not at peace with you before. And you will learn to receive love on a level in your life, in your heart, that you didn't know about. You th thought that God was very legalistic and you heard things from religious people, maybe well-meaning, maybe not. But I'm here to tell you, and I am a witness to it, that God is good. And that yes. all he can give you is good, okay? Now, it can cause a problem for things that are trying to keep you locked down. But I'm here to tell you, we have the key in the kingdom that unlocks every door and gets you free from the thoughts that are crippling, from the thoughts of fear or torment or whatever it is, we release to you tonight the perfect love of God to shut that thing down in the name of Jesus. If you don't know him, Romans chapter 10 is the beginning of a wonderful journey. 10, 9 and 10, <laughs> I have to read them now. <laughs> Romans 9, 10 and 13, which will tell you that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You will be set apart, and you will be at the on the on the path, if you will, where a new way is open to you. And we're here to tell you it's worth the journey. And then it says, verse thirteen. I skip verse ten, but it says, "Well, whosoever calls upon uh, the name of the Lord is, uh, will be saved." That's verse thirteen. You shall be just by calling. He doesn't look at your past. He wipes it out. He doesn't look at how mean you are. He helps you to become something else. And there's a whole lot more. If you choose to do that or you need help with it, please contact us or contact the person that is uh, introducing you to this or do it however you need to do it. We're praying for you. We uh, pray over these offerings. We, we will do that as we go off air and we release the astounding love of God to you. All the information that you need, it's there online. We thank you. We believe that we have had an incredible time and thank you for joining us tonight for this Kingdom Conversation. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship in San Jose, California, thanking you so much and saying good night and we love you. Astounding. Good night.